Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hi, this is Jackie Cation, and you are about to listen to The Dork Forest since 2006. And it is on iTunes, of course, where you may have received it. You may have gotten it at dorkforest.com. Feel free to review it on iTunes. It, we are part of the All Things Comedy Network, allthingscomedy.com, where my new hour special, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, is available for $5 download. Knock yourselves out. My website, JackieCation.com, has a player if you want to just listen to it uh, and you don't want to do iTunes. And JackieCation.com has everything. It has my stand-up schedule. It has a merch page where you can get Dork Forest t-shirts and even order a Dork Forest hoodie if you like. All of the shirts are made in America because while I'm willing to wear clothing that are made by toddlers, I'm unwilling to sell clothing made by toddlers. The hoodie, special ordered for some reason, still made in the Philippines. I don't know why. Possibly because they're super cozy, and I don't sell that many of them, but I should work on that. Anyway, there's a chance to donate to the Dork Forest. If you enjoy the Dork Forest, feel free to donate. A hundred bucks a year makes you a super fan, and you could do that in one chunk of a hundred bucks, or you could break it up however you want, because I have not made that easy for you. It would be $8.33 a month if you want to do it. You could also just order stuff if you want Dork Forest t-shirts or CDs or DVDs. I have three CDs out and one DVD, and you can order all of them. Uh, you could order a T-shirt, you could order a hoodie, and that will also support the show, and I totally appreciate that. Yeah, just so you know, the DVD of The Horcrux is Friday Second Show. That is the video. And the CD is Saturday Second Show. I don't know. I didn't videotape that one, but I like that set better, so that is the CD. The DVD is approximately uh, 56 minutes long, and the CD... About 40, 48. So they're different sets, but they're the same material. And it's uh, it's weird, but I like it. The credits. Let's credit the people that make this show possible, quite honestly. We have Mike Rickberg, who sang the intro song and composed the intro song and sings it with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. And he will sing Mexican Hat Dance at the end of this. The audio. The audio is fixed every week, and the teasers are created by... Mr. Patrick Brady, Mr. Patrick Brady, friend of the show. Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. So if you're looking for someone to do your website, go to JackieCation.com, scroll down, and click on that link. All right, let's do this. Enjoy. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hi, Jackie Cation here. Let me tell you something about not pressing record. It doesn't happen that often here in the dork forest. It doesn't feel dorky. It feels pejorative as, as it feels more pejorative than the word dorky. I'm Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dork forest. I'm sitting here with Rhea Butcher, who is a great stand-up comic from Chicago, now lives here in the Los Angeles area with her loved one, um, Cameron Esposito. And, uh, you guys do put your hands together. We the do. podcast. You also do wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, uh, watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. No. What's it called? Uh, wham, bam, pow on the Max Fun Network. On the Max Fun Network is a movie podcast. Yes. It's and sp- specifically action and sci-fi. We like to call them dick flicks. Oh, that's it. I'm not sure that we coined the phrase necessarily, but it feels <laughs> as though we did. And it feels real and yeah. it resonates. It's pretty real. It feels, that's great. Trying and, to be uh, reductive to the male stereotypes of chick as well, flicks. you know, to want to uh, balance it out. And they're, they're super fun. They are super fun. I mean, some of them are not fun, but no, some of them are dumb. Mostly. But that could be said of any genre. That can be said of literally any genre. So if you go to reabutcher.com, R-H-E-A, correct? Correct. And, uh, and reabutcher on Twitter and Instagram and all those things. Vine. Uh, you know, I don't do the Vine. You don't do, you never Uh, did? There's probably a friendster sitting in there somewhere. I try to do Vine, just not my thing. Right. Well, I will occasionally do an Instagram video just because it's there. Right. You know what I'll, I'll occasionally do is, uh, 
Foursquare. Foursquare? Yeah. I used to do Foursquare all the time. A lot of people did. I never... Which uh, is why my tweet count is at 17K. Oh, okay. I only have like 3,500 followers, but my tweet count is very embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, it does feel embarrassing, doesn't it? The number of yes, it does tweets that you've. I have embraced it uh, for a couple yeah. of months. I tried to delete tweets, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Nope, might as well just change my name to Chatty Magoo and go forth. Just go with it instead yeah. of trying to do the risky business, drive it backwards. I'm just going to live with it, you know. <laughs> also, the Ferris Bueller I, drive it backwards, but right. I I was going to say, I don't remember. That. I remember that in Ferris Bueller. That's a movie I didn't like. Uh, Ferris Bueller, yeah. I am alone. You are very alone. I am that. almost entirely uh, which, alone. Which, what, uh, what about it did you not like? Tone? What, uh, I was probably his age when I saw it. Oh, okay. And I remember look going, the hell is your problem? Just go to school. <laughs> Just go to school. Yeah. Why are you such a dick? Yeah. Just, and why are you so mean to your friend? Have you heard the theories that he's a figment of Cameron's imagination and that it's really <laughs> Fight just like, club. A, yeah, it basically. <laughs> and there are like some fan edits no. that have turned it into a Fight Club type thing. Okay. Sort of borrowing from Fight Club, but. Well, I mean, I, I like the speculative nature of everybody's day and the fact sure. that there are 24 hours in the day and there's at least 13 hours that you can spend thinking about how Dumbledore shouldn't be dead right. because the phoenix fire that rose from his grave means that he shouldn't have died in <laughs> at, in that book because he rose like the feet. I don't think you understand. We, <laughs> right. There was he. He shouldn't be dead. Well, he was a million, and uh, yes. <laughs> he gets to die. It's the next great adventure. Right. That's what death is. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, but we talked about all of this. Yes. Already, sadly, in the first 10 minutes that I didn't record. But let's do it again. Let's do it again. Here's the thing. It's very descriptive of the thing that we're going to talk about. That we had to do it again. That's right. You got to do it over. (laughs) We just got to do it over and and over over again again until you get it right. It's like a a loop dream. It is like a loop dream. Lucid dreaming. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, I highly recommend you see it. Excellent. Especially in the theater because it is one of those immersive movies. Okay. You know, I mean, I didn't see it in 3D. I just saw it at the Vista Theater in Los Feliz. And uh, it's really like a fun experience. Right. It's not perfect. Uh, No. Now that I've sort of thought about it more, it's not... It, it does sort of fall into that uh, strong female character stereotype where yeah. she, you know, uh, but anyway, she is great oh, in it. Emily oh, where, where, where she just trains and then gets lost? A little bit. Is yeah. that the A stereotype? Little. I read about that stereotype. That is stereotype. the stereotype by, by one Tasha Robinson. She wrote a right. pretty great piece on the Dissolve about it. Right. Um, where, where it's sort of like trotted out to satisfy uh, right. female viewers and male viewers, too, that want more female action stars, but uh, they don't get to do anything. They right. just like show up and are flashy. Right. Are cool. It's like your magical black friend. Yes, exactly. They come in, yep. they provide a great amount of support, yep. and then the white guy goes out right. and really brings it. Yeah. Bunch of wisecracks, <laughs> then they fall into the background. Or right. in a horror story, they're killed first. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've served your purpose. Yep. Moving on. Moving anyway, on. but the, yeah, the Lucy, have you, uh, are you looking forward to Lucy? I am looking forward to Lucy. Okay. Um, I love the sort of meta-ness of her being in this movie now that like now she's like a human version of her, you know? Oh, oh the Black Widow? Uh, the Black Widow. Yeah. She's gone from being Black Widow. Right. Scarlet to like a iOS or like an operating system. Yeah. And now in Lucy, it's like a combo of those two things where she's the action hero that is also so smart that she's basically an operating system. Is there, am I missing a movie in the middle that Scarlett Johansson did? Her? Oh, I didn't see Did her. You, okay. There we go. She's, she was, she's she was the, the voice, voice of, of the operating system. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been the voice of the operating system. <laughs> hey, it would have been what? a different movie. It would have been a much better movie. <laughs> I was not a fan of that movie. Not a fan of that movie? No, because originally they shot the entire film with a different actress. Oh. And then after it was done, they just plopped her uh, Scarlet's voice in. Oh, she uh, just I think did to loop sex it up. Yep. They shot the whole thing with Samantha Morton. Okay. And uh, some of the scenes, she's actually physically in there talking to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. So they're actually acting Joaquin off of each Phoenix. other. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For, uh, previously, Leaf. Um, right. And so then they just cut her out of it. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I found some of the stuff to be pretty stilted and forced. And then that totally explained it to me when I found out later. Oh, they just... The world Plops is full of injustice. In. It is. That's one of the Women most are minor. Not interchangeable. Right. Right. You know? Right. Right. If you want, if we want to go there and we can. We totally can. I'm going to have a cashew. Are you allergic to nuts? Nope. Not at all. Okay. Only allergic to penicillin. That's all I've got. 
little Perkadan myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And yeah, now we've revealed our weaknesses, Dark <laughs> Rangers <laughs> of the Dark Forest. <laughs> don't anybody give me polio because I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> right. I And I just break out in hives when I've accidentally taken Perkadan. And that's what happens to me when I take anything with uh I got to take oatmeal baths. Don't make me take an oatmeal bath, Americans. Mm-hmm. Like that. The raisins get stuck in places that so you can never get them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Because oatmeal. Yep. I get it. I see where the writing's happening. See, go see Rhea Butcher, people. Let's talk about your favorite movie of all time. Sure. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Favorite movie of all time. Also love that it's fun to say of all time because it's a time travel movie. Oh, right. It's my favorite part. Is that true? Yeah. All right. I love it. Well, what is it that makes Back to the Future such a treat? Um, I think, well, one, it, it's like the first uh, live action movie that I remember seeing and like... um comprehending and understanding in any okay. way because like you know you see the disney movies or like cartoons or right. even live action disney movies they sort of all when it's made for kids they it's, dumb it it's down. made for you mm-hmm. so you just it just co- kind of goes in and out and then you're just experiencing it but seeing a movie that's made more for adults and from right. an adult perspective uh through and through you sort of are like because i remember my mom what uh, year did they come it come out the it first came out one. in 85 okay so i'm guessing uh just my mild amount of mathematics here that I probably <laughs> saw it sometime in 1987. Okay. Which would have made me about five when I saw it. Okay. Depending on what time of year. That's 1987. Right. I keep forgetting you're 11. <laughs> I am and very, you're very young. Like <laughs> the star, Mr. Michael J. Fox, <laughs> who never ages. He does really look young. I don't he know does. if you watched that, uh, Michael J. Fox show when it was on, which I caught a couple episodes. I just saw an interview with him and, um, I was like, He's got crow's feet, but um, yeah. Other than that, he gets I mean, if you to because yeah. he's approximately fifty years old, so yeah. he gets to age. Like, he's up there, mm-hmm. but he looks great. He does look great. Age. It's all working out. Yeah, it's because he's so short. It's because he's adorably he's so short. short. Yeah. Um, 1985. I think that was it. Was PG? Was it? It is PG. Yes. Right. Which was defined differently. It was actually that is the year that it changed. Okay. Uh, through Do the you movie, know the-, the film Temple of Doom. I think there is some debate on this, but Temple of Doom, I have always understood, was the first PG-13 movie. Okay. Because Raiders because of how was mediocre PG. it was. And, <laughs> right. and, yeah, because of how offensive it was. Because they were like, so you're going to have to be 13 to see <laughs> yeah. how stupid this, this film is. This is really bad. This is not positive. It's so bad. It really now, do you is. like Last Crusade? Yeah. Because I love Last Crusade. And Let me I've tell you something. I recently found out people don't like that one. I, I was love alive, uh, very sentient in the 80s, and what I did... Oh, it would have been the early 90s, but whatever. Let's picture 1985. It feels like the 80s. Early the, 90s feels like 80s. VHS. <laughs> yes. Copy of Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Yes. No, it would have been, it would have been the first one. Raiders, Raiders. of the Lost Ark. Yep. Me running my Walkman from the VHS to a tape recorder. Oh my goodness. And then just taping the audio yes. of the movie. And by the way, 30 other movies. Oh, sure. And then on the road doing just 35 weeks a year on the road. Popping in and popping in a cassette. That's the best. Of my favorite movies. The first, uh, three Star Wars, the two good Indiana Jones movies yes, at the time. Skip over two. Oh yeah. <laughs> just totally. Though I'm told some people like two now. They say that it, it, it's better now than it was. I'm sure there are some things in it. Cause I've, when four came out, I like marathoned <laughs> the three for fun okay. and then went to, cause I used to marathon those movies with my mom. Like we loved watching trilogies together. Okay. Although we would always skip two. But um, <laughs> there is some good writing, but it's just not as I think that uh, they didn't nail it. You know, the, and the screaming character lady. who then becomes Mrs. Spielberg, whose name right. always escapes me. I and can never we think w- of, we both win. Kate Capshaw. Oh, shit. Is her name. <laughs> You've just lost. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lose the world, <laughs> but she is just too much of a harpy and she never gets to redeem herself. Yeah, the screaming is out of hand. It's so obnoxious. There's there's several Goldie Hawn movies where all she does is scream. Yes. That makes me want to just jump through the screen in sort of a what is the movie the Woody Allen movie where he jumps out of the and then molests small boys <laughs> no i'm so sorry uh it ends up but there's yeah there's there's she's screaming the entire film the whole time and i was like steven spielberg how was that attractive right how did you what and also how did you do this to the to a woman that you clearly liked yeah, very weird. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's why he did that because he's he was trying to like mom. distance himself from <laughs> this woman that he liked. Because Karen Allen is amazing in Karen Raiders, Allen. 
And, and so is even, the Nazi gal in the third one. Right. And even in the fourth one, Karen Allen yes, is great. Yes, although she doesn't get much to do. She just nope. gets knocked out, which I was so angry when that happened in right, the movie. Right, she could have taken the some names. Thing. Like, come on. She could have, yeah, she could have You can't do that to us. Everybody loves her. Everybody. I can't imagine that there's anybody that's a fan of Indiana Jones that goes like, yeah, but I don't like Marianne. I didn't want to see more Marion. <laughs> yeah, we all want to right. see more Marion. Nobody wants to see more Marion. Everybody <laughs> Boys, wants to see Boys, girls, children, yes. animals, everyone's yeah. just like... Wait, where did that Karen Frank character go? <laughs> right. Precisely. I, I don't need to see Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, nobody was it him? wants to see Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, okay. it was. Yeah. It's, uh, I get him and Toby Maguire mixed up. Sorry, Toby. Confusing. Sorry, Toby. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's just not right. I get Toby Maguire sorry. and James McAvoy confused sometimes. Wow. I and, couldn't yeah. pick James McAvoy out of a lineup. Professor so. Xavier? Oh, is he the young p- Professor yes. Xavier? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole, there's a whole slew. Like I was in, I'm literally at the grocery store yesterday looking at the, at the covers of the magazines going, I know they're famous. Those <laughs> names sound familiar, but they all look exactly yep. the same. They just have that same sheen. They, yeah, very shiny. Yeah. Marie Bamford working on a new bit about how, uh, women in, in Los Angeles are not aging. They're just becoming more moist. <laughs> She's yeah. like, there's a certain amount of dampness just about their face. Dampness. <laughs> It's like, oh, your face is wet. Oh, yep. I, you're not 50. Yeah. You're just wet. You're just like <laughs> melting a little and then it's all mixing together. Well, it's this, it's, and I know what it is too, because I've, I have friends who are very interested in not aging. Um, I'm interested in not aging and not interested in doing anything about it. Sure. But uh, my friends who are interested in doing something about it, uh, keep applying um, moisturizer mm-hmm. and that's the mo- that's the wetness. Yeah. It's just too much moisturizer. Right. And sitting on top, you know, once you've filled right. the pores. Right. And they the just lines. can't take anymore. Right. Then it, now it's just kind of a shellac. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All that's left is string art. Just turn it into like <laughs> yeah. a 19. Yes. Like a masted It's ship. all very, you know, Jackson Pollock, everybody's face. <laughs> just throw something at it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so back, yes, back to, the, to future. the future. What? Um, Sorry. So how many times have you seen it? The first one. The first one, I mean, I usually say, and this is a conservative estimate of like 250 times probably. Wow. I mean, it is a movie that every sick day I put it on. Absolutely. Last year, I didn't get to see it that much because when I moved (laughs) here from Chicago, I left my entire movie collection Right. Back there. With which your mom. was so stupid. <laughs> Actually, my, my family's in Ohio, but I moved here from Chicago because I was living there. That's where I started do, doing You don't have a storage stuff. unit, do you? I do not have a storage unit. Good for my you. My storage unit is called, uh, Cameron Esposito's parents' house. <laughs> uh, and it's there. And, <laughs> and I they keep, are psyched. <laughs> they are so stoked about it. Uh, but it's really just a couple of boxes. I have right. a lot of movies. I like collecting movies. It's sure. like one of my favorite things. But I didn't have a copy with me. Okay. And actually, I was on, uh, the very fun podcast, uh, not as fun as Dork Forest, uh, Jordan Jesse Go. Right. And mentioned, cause they asked me this same question, how many times have you seen this? Cause I like to, right. Make, uh, quote the movie quite often but uh i said you know it's been a while because i don't have my copy with me and somebody sent me oh yeah a copy of it uh todd mason sent me, so me a happy. copy of flipper oh, uh, the original kidding. movie from 1964 oh my god i loved flipper oh such a good and it, and it came with three other movies that it, one of them is a lassie movie and they're they're all animal related yes movies. Was, did it come with that darn cat perhaps uh, or the ca- cat from outer space it did not it, it was it was a don knotts movie but um i don't know what it is uh, here's my question about Back to the Future for you. Yes. What is your, what's the first quote that you remember from, that you use in the first, let's say, 10, 15 minutes of the movie? In the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Let me see. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes from the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie is, is that my clocks I hear? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then following right up after that is, damn. I'm late for school. And then the riff from, uh, right. then the, the, the guitar riff. The, yeah. Bam, blam, yes. <laughs> Which I have the only, um, besides going to the, uni- excuse me, universal lot. Right. And seeing the rebuilt, uh, oh, Hill yeah. Valley Square because it burned mm-hmm. down and they mm-hmm. rebuilt it. Um, other than being there, the only other filming location that I have made it to so far mm-hmm. is the Burger King, which is in Burbank. Um, oh. on Victory Boulevard. I've been to that Burger King and I've stood in the position where the cameras are to swing by and watch Marty go out 
And even, cause I, uh, I was taken there, it was a surprise. And I oh. saw the sign and then I saw the surrounding signs. I was like, this is it. I like knew it was the, the Burger King. <laughs> oh my God. Did Kurt Brownoller bring you there? No, he did not. He Cameron likes to, did. Okay. But he does do that K-hole. Yeah. He, hide you and then. Right, right. He, he blindfolded me and took me 15 minutes from here, this very home to a place that could have been in the Central Valley of California. Oh yeah. But it was only 15 minutes. So I was like, where the hell are we? Yeah. How did you find this place? He finds the craziest places. He found like a Nazi compound. Right. He he took Kyle Kinane underground yeah. in Los Angeles. Where he took me was a series of um sexually and racially inappropriate um <laughs> homemade uh sculptures. Whoa. Yeah. It was a it was a motel that wanted the guy hired somebody to make like a a, a old west town next to him to, as a tourist thing after World War Two. Yes. And the first day he saw the guy doing it and he was like, well, I can do that. And then he started making sculptures of men and women and cowboys and Indians and all these different things that were, first of all, artistically not good. Not good at all. Second of all, out of proportion. Sure. That was one of the, one of the flaws. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like weird, like her skirts are too, it was, it was yeah. very, anyway, but very it's, outsider art sounds very like. much so. And it was at some college. That's so funny. That's like 15 minutes from here up in like Northridge or Pacoima or something like yeah. that. And I was like, where, where are we? And he's like, you don't know? And I said, no, I don't. I barely yeah. know. If I'm on the street San Fernando, right. it means I'm lost. Yes. So if whatever. So, okay. So, uh, cause I've seen the first Back to the Future. How many times have you seen it? Have you seen it oh. in the theater? I saw it in the theater in 1985. Yes. In 1985. And then I have was so I've, I've not seen, seen it in the theater since like four times. Now. Oh, really? They played a lot out here. Oh, that's interesting. I did see it in Chicago for the 25th anniversary. And okay. that was the first time I'd ever seen it in the theater because I was too young right. to see it in the theater. Right, right. Too little. So yeah. so you did you like it in the big – I mean the big I screen in it. a theater is super fun. I mean it it's, completely it, changes any movie that you've seen before. Right. And then – and especially love – Right. Because one of the most, it's actually giving me, I'm like getting excited yeah, about do it, thinking it. about it. This is the that, place. Like people laugh in different places because you've seen it so many times. And for me, this movie was like, it's totally a bonding thing between my mom and I. Right. She raised me, my parents were divorced. I'd spend time with my dad, but he and I did not watch movies together. Mm-hmm. It was a thing that my mom and I did like mm-hmm. on weekends and stuff. And we will still quote that movie back to each other. <laughs> like actually my cat, who is now my mom's cat, is named Marty. Okay. And so my mom says to Marty all the time, oh, Marty, I hope you like meatloaf, which is a, <laughs> uh, Lorraine's mother says that oh, yeah. oh, to yeah. him. And, uh, but then when you go in the theater and you're with all these strangers, yeah. they laugh at different stuff. And then right. you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that was even funny. <laughs> um, and the thing that I love about this movie too is that since I saw it at such a young age, loved it immediately mm-hmm. that I, I have, I find new things every time I watch it because I didn't get the humor because I was too young. And then oh, it right. just became this sort of soundtrack. Like you were saying, you record it and then you just listen to the soundtrack and it's like music. Yeah. And then you get older and then you're like, Oh, that's why that's funny. Like one of my favorite, um, scenes, like sort of, it's actually like kind of a monologue. Yeah. When, uh, Doc Brown is explaining in the parking lot. Right. He's like, old man Peabody, you stone all of this. <laughs> it's just pine trees as far as the eye can see. <laughs> he had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees, mm-hmm. which I never got the joke until I was older because he is a crazy scientist. Right. Building a time machine. Judging a guy for breeding pine trees. <laughs> right, that guy's a nut. Bag. Right, that guy's crazy. Why Back does he to wanna... this DeLorean. <laughs> and I love how the, the, it's, it's written so tightly. And I think that this movie won an Oscar for the screenplay. If it didn't win an Oscar, it was, it was nominated. nominated for the screenplay. Okay. Because yeah, it is know. actually one of the tightest screenplays. I mean, there's not a minute wasted in this entire movie. Yeah, there isn't a bad scene in it, quite honestly. Yeah, you honestly. don't spend, there's no time that you spend with anything right, that doesn't come into play. Yeah, you don't need to fast forward through. Not at all. In a moment, we will discuss two and three. Absolutely. Which cannot be watched without a fast forward, a thumb For near sure. the, thumb near the fast forward. For sure. But, uh. But, I've recently come to love and feel different about both of those movies. Well, if we you can watch get to anything those, enough. Sure. You can, like, <laughs> There's a movie, there's a couple of movies, Support Your Local Sheriff with uh, James Garner, mm-hmm. and it is... I have not seen that movie. Well, I saw it when I was a kid on TV, and I always assumed it was shitty because it had been smash cut for television, bought a copy of it, watched it completely. Turns out the editor was horrible. 
Because it was not edited at all for television. Oh, you're kidding me. It was smash cut the fuck out of itself. Oh, my and gosh. And you're like, I still love it. Still love it because <laughs> yeah. I was seven. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other one is um, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell, Overboard. Overboard. With Ronnie McDowell. Bird on a Wire. <laughs> uh, bird on a Wire. Yeah. Uh, too Much Screaming. Yes. Uh, it takes place in Racine, Wisconsin. And there's a chase scene through Chinatown. I don't know if you've ever been <laughs> yeah. to Racine, Wisconsin. Doesn't look like Chinatown. Not a lot of Chinatown. Yeah. There's That's approximately Chinatown. three Chinese families who live in fear of their lives. Right, I'm sure. And uh, so, but um, yeah. So in the first movie, I like it's you know it's essentially Groundhog Day. Uh, you know they they redo it in Groundhog Day to a greater extent. Sure. But in Back to the Future. It was the first time I think anybody ever decided that we're, we're going to recreate this situation and we're going to, you know, when he goes back in time and he sees the clock mm-hmm. and he sees, um, the square in and the he, newspaper, the kid is on springs. Yeah. There's just, hats. Everybody's wearing hats. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden it's Mad Men and he's like, what is this? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I was wondering too, uh, on my way over here thinking like, is this the first time where pop culture met Time travel, <clears throat> excuse me, time travel, so that it is not, it is historical because time mm-hmm. travel is in and of itself historical because you have to go right, to you a time do that it existed. Right. <laughs> but um, I feel like previously everything, you know, and they make reference to Jules Verne later on in the series, not so much in the first one, but where it's simply, where it has something to do with the greater culture, what is right. existing in the time that you are watching it, right. and then also this time that whether you are aware of it or not, it, it has an effect on that time that you're watching it. Right. The only other time travel movie I can think of offhand is um Hercules and the Three Stooges. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with this film. It's, uh, uh, I feel some, like I've definitely seen it. It's so... The Three Stooges are so old, it's yes. in color. Whoa, you're yeah. kidding me. No. I definitely haven't seen it. I right. think I've only seen Black and White. Three right. Stooges. The Three Stooges, it's from the 60s. They're very old. So is this with, uh, Curly or is this with Shemp? Uh, it is with, um, I think it's with Curly. It is okay. not with Shemp, I don't think. And, um, I might own it as well, but, mm-hmm. um, the crazy thing is, is they go back in time. They're, they have a, there's a nerdy scientist and the three stooges uh, are his assistants because everyone needs three assistants. <laughs> right. That's the perfect round number. <laughs> Three assistants. It definitely and, wouldn't get confusing. And they go back in time and they go and they become sl- galley slaves. And our nerdy scientist uh, becomes all muscly. Mm-hmm. And they think he's Hercules. Okay. Because he loses his glasses. I mean, that's the first thing is he loses his glasses. <laughs> right. It's a Superman, Clark Kent kind of a thing. Right. And you're like, okay, well, how is he seeing that? I mean, sure. I don't know how bad his eyesight is. Yeah. But I would have been killed out of hand uh, by <laughs> right. the first falling object that I didn't avoid. Absolutely. If I were living in Hercules. This is just columns falling. Columns. Left and right. Right. <laughs> I can. You're yeah. a, a, a blur. Yeah. A, a, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I think that there's there's references to that kind of thing. But like when he goes into the into the store, he orders a tab. Yes. And they're like, well, you have to order something before yeah, you get the tab. I can't give you a tab unless you order something. That's <laughs> like give, I think the first thing he says is, I'll have a Pepsi free. He's oh. like, if you want a Pepsi pal, you're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Then he's his tab. Right. And he's like, just give me something without any sugar in it. And he gets a cup, of, he coffee gets a cup of coffee that he and can't he possibly like, enjoy. What I love is that he puts coins down. Mm-hmm. And they just It's like an above shot. He puts coins down. There's a guitar pick in there. Yeah. Which I don't know if they even would have had guitar picks in 1955. Not plastic. Oh, yeah, they did. Plastic did was they? invented during World War II. Okay. I only know that because of a movie. But I wonder if movie. it would have been so ubiquitous. There is one, would this be an anachronism? Uh, Doc Brown at the end of, it's still 1955 when he's trying to go back to 1985 is wearing right. Velcro and Velcro was not invented in 1955. Oh, it was so not. He would not have had Velcro shoes. I remember. I was just a baby in 1950. No. Anyway, so the, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, yeah, it was crazy. The, yeah, the pick, I don't think that the pick would have been plastic. Maybe not just yeah, because. Yeah, I feel like they just wouldn't have had. It probably would have been made out of something horrifying, like ivory or something, you know? Like, oh, right. Like right. endangered redwood, you know, just something that like, oh, yeah, let's make guitar picks out of this. We're going to make guitar picks yeah. out of the nails of slaves. Sure. Let's and he that. definitely would have had coins that were That said 1980. Absolutely. Right. You're just yeah. like, that wouldn't be the coin. Sure. You're, I mean, unless he had, for some reason, a thousand buffalo nickels in his pocket. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have loved if he put, but they do the John F. Kennedy joke later, but if he would have put it like a... 
Is that what? a silver dollar? A uh, Kennedy coin? Oh, the Kennedy coin? It was, yeah. uh, yeah, there was, was a half dollar. There was a half dollar with a Kennedy. Yeah. Did they do the joke later? He does do the joke when he's at Lorraine's house and he's talking to, uh, uh, Lorraine's dad and mom. Yeah. He's asking for directions and he's like, can you, do you know where I think it's 1250 Riverside Drive is? And he says, uh, it's a block past Maple. It's the other end of town. And then Marty McFly's like, oh, I know that. That's, uh, John F. Kennedy Drive. He's, and then the dad says, who the hell is John F. Kennedy? <laughs> I Although don't they remember that. probably line. known about him because at that time he, he was like a war hero. Right. He was, uh, and, and a senator. Yes. But he wouldn't have been, you know, they wouldn't have named anything after right. that. Right. No, point. there's no way that they would have. But it's funny because, um, yeah, there was a lot, like, that's the scene where he's talking to his uncle. Get used to those yeah, bars. You better get used to those bars, kid. Uh, Which, oh, this is, uh, kind of like what I was saying before where it, it, it's a movie that, like Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars and stuff, rewards on rewatch where you catch more things and yeah. see it sort of opens up. Somebody recently tweeted at me. So what do you think good Joey got to do? Like Uncle Joey? Because oh. they don't revisit that. It never comes back. Oh, right. Because, because he, he changed his history. And everything, you know, the family How did is Joey happy. work out? Yeah. So like, what do you think he did? And and my speculation was, and I mean, they really don't need to bring it back in. That might have been a little <laughs> bit of overkill to be like, Uncle Joey, you know, whatever. But uh, I was like, maybe he's an astronaut. Oh. Because you're like stuck in. Right, right. He likes, likes to be contained. Right. Know? Cause, cause, okay, so if Joey was, uh, if, if Joey was, it's 1955, mm-hmm. he's approximately a year old. Yes. So he would have been 18 in 1973, mm-hmm. which was when the draft was discontinued. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have gone to Vietnam. There you go. Um, yeah, it's, uh, definitely sure. a possibility. Right. He could have, he could have been, he, he, he could have joined the service. Nobody joined the service in 1973. There was a lot no. of not, a lot of was, running far away from right, the service. There was a lot of people avoiding the service in yeah. 1973. And, um, yeah, I think Stripes came out in 77 or 78. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that. I thought it was 80s for some reason. It might have been. God knows. I, I don't have all the information. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who wants I wish, to have I wish all there it. was some sort of device yeah, that could tell us. Yeah, it's almost like, could we look at a database of some kind to No, <laughs> it turns out we don't have that kind of technology. It's uh but I like um okay so what are you what are you, sort of your three favorite scenes in in the first back to the future In the first back to the future I love the diner scene because that's that first diner that scene That first diner scene when he goes into Lou's which is an aerobics uh spot in 1985 cuz he rides past it and waves at all the ladies doing uh No I have no or whatever <laughs> yeah. You don't know that Oh well next time you watch it now okay, you're going to see exactly. it Um cuz he rides through the square mm-hmm. um after he's hung out with Jennifer I mean I love that scene too with Jennifer <laughs> of them setting up everything about how they're going to get away and go how camping How they're going to go to the lake you okay. know throw a couple sleeping bags in the back he sees the 4x4 that he wants to see but then you see everything you see the town and it yeah. shows up. You, you get to understand where he lives. He's at the school right before. I mean, they just set up everything so perfectly. Yeah. The exposition is physically around him. Right. You know? it's, it's the set is, is one of the characters. It is. In the- and do, I don't know if you're aware of this. This is something that I learned once I got the Blu-rays that are great. <laughs> if you have not seen them with all the special features on, cause yeah. it will tell, it has something called setups and payoffs. So it points What's out that? all those things. Oh, so while like, you watch it, while you watch like- it. It tells you like when the Twin Pines Mall sign shows up and they emphasize Is it like it, a pop-up? It pops up and it says Twin Pines Mall. You might want to pay attention to that for later in the movie. And then okay. when it comes up as Lone Pine Mall, it says, right. hey, remember? And then it's like a little inset okay. thing and it shows that scene by scene next to each other. I love it. It's like, oh, I wow. love that stuff. Okay. Okay. And it's so, it's really well done in that, in the Blu-rays. But, um, and I found this out too, that they built the 1955 set first. And they shot, I think, all of the 1955 stuff. And then they aged it to 1985. And then they shot the 1985 scenes. That almost makes sense from a time travel kind of... Right? Yeah. Because they actually put the patina of time onto their set. And I think that's why it's so believable. Because then they put oil spots in the... You know, like the pavement is new in 1955. Yeah. And, well, there's no parking lot. You know, like it shows what we value. Right. From 1955 to 1985, like, yeah, definitely, we just need to park. Like, I don't yeah. care if it looks nice. Right. And then there's like oil spots. It's all disgusting and they have to save the clock tower because nobody cares about it anymore. Right. But everything is like beautiful and pristine and new. And there's like a porn movie theater in 1985. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
That's crazy. I mean, I love the diner scene because you get Goldie Wilson. Okay. You get some race relations in there, which could probably be considered pretty, you know, racially insensitive, but it's also no, like very 1955. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, the thing is, is, is just because something's racial doesn't make it racist, yes, right? For sure. And, and the fact that it was addressed at all, I think is smart. Yes. And, and not dismissive. Right. You it, know? Yeah. It would be worse to dismiss it. And then yeah. it did not include any black people <laughs> whatsoever. Right. You know, like then that would be right. pretty bad. I mean, and, and he is essentially the trope. I mean, he is, he is our one, there's yeah. one black guy. Right. And you're like, well, the fifties, you know, I remember watching happy days when I was a kid and my parents just, we would watch it and I was like, I love this show. Mm-hmm. And my parents are like, wow, it's so fascinating that there are no black people in the fifties. Sure. Yeah. No just, black people in them. The fifties didn't have any. I don't know yep. uh, if you, you'd have to travel out of Milwaukee to find black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. no black people in Milwaukee. And then my mother told me, my stepmother told me that uh, she went and saw Malcolm X speak mm-hmm. in the early sixties. You're kidding. No. And I was like, what? And she said, I know. And, uh, and, uh, and she said, and I'll tell you this, I only went because a guy I liked wanted to go. Wow. And she said, so we went and we got to hear Malcolm X wow. speak and it was amazing. That's amazing. But it was, she was like, mostly I just went to the Catholic dances and, uh, yeah. And so it was not so much 60s. Malcolm X at the not Catholic Malcolm, dances. Right. This was a very dangerous thing for me to do to yeah. go find black people and see what they were saying. Right. And, and she said, and they were saying uh, some uh, very smart things, and yeah. it all worked out. And my dad was like, "Oh, black people," <laughs> and because uh, my dad is a button pusher, yes, and uh, he just wants to hate whatever you like. Sure, God love him. I know that. And uh, may he rest in peace. Turns out, still alive. <laughs> uh, my father's going in for surgery on Tuesday. Oh, okay. And um, when this airs, he will have lived. He will have lived. He will have for lived. Sure. And, uh, We're gonna keep pushing those buttons. That's it. You gotta keep pushing the buttons. He was telling me a story yesterday on the phone. He was like, "Gotta get the stories in." Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, Pop, I, you're gonna have hopefully another 15 years to tell me stories." Tons and he of goes, "15 years? What's the quality of life gonna be like at that?" <laughs> and I was like, "Stop talking." All right. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get off of there. <laughs> okay. So the Goldie scene in yes, the, in the, the diner scene. initially, and also I, it's it is really hard. It's like. Trying to split a child in half to tell you which don't, scenes don't I Don't bother. Just keep like, going. The, then now I remember the, scene. the scene before that, uh, that sets up the dynamic of the family that also has stuff that lines that I didn't realize until I was older when they're talking about, uh, when they're eating at their, at the McFly home. Oh, the McFly and he home. sees the car. Yeah. And the car's wrecked. And then you see George and you see what a pushover he is. And Biff is yelling right. and they're killing it in those scenes. Like I, the older <laughs> I got, the more I realized like, wow, Crispin Glover and Thomas F. Wilson are amazing in this. And so is uh, Leah Thompson. Yeah. They are doing such a great job because they are in their twenties. Yeah. They're in their early, early to mid twenties. Right. And they are playing forties. Forties. Yeah. Then also teenagers. Right. Like very well. The right. makeup's is not a, great. The makeup isn't great. But they didn't the, put anything on the hands. Oh, but the face makeup is pretty good for the time. Okay, but when you see it in the theater, you're like, and oh, I never that noticed like their hands. Crazy glue. It was. It was. It's a little pockmarked, and a I was little, like, yeah. yes, the horror, the horror <laughs> the of horror it being of in your forties. Yeah, and but I, yeah, they did. Yeah, and as an acting exercise, that is an amazing acting exercise to have to act as a, a person in their forties versus a person in your twenties, right, or teens. Yeah. yeah, teens of having like this of like everything is the first time and like. You're trying to figure yourself out and then to have to be like this disillusion. Like totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like over it, throwing a cake on the table. <laughs> and just like th- my favorite line in that, uh, we used to say the fish under the sea dance all the time to each other. <laughs> and I, no, no, no. It was the enchantment under the sea dance. Again, great exposition that doesn't feel super forced because you have those conversations. Right. As families, like you rehash. The same familial, nine stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You tell each other this stuff over and over again. Wendy Jo Sperber couldn't care less about this story. She doesn't want to hear about it again. <laughs> Dave and uh George are just watching TV. Like, nobody's really listening to nope. her. She's just talking about her life. Yeah. But I love uh when she throws the cake down and uh Dave is like, oh, Uncle Jailbird Joey, like, didn't get, you know. And uh Leah Thompson is like, well, everybody makes mistakes in life, children. Oh my and God. she's basically saying her children are a mistake right. in a way, you know, <laughs> right. like she's I love like, this, like, look embedded. around you. Yeah. Everybody this is makes a mistakes, giant children. mistake. Yeah. Everything around you. you. Get, everything is wrong. Here. It's a, if there was one thing I could undo, it'd be the enchantment under the sea. Right. Right. So, well that, okay. So yeah, so it goes to that and then, and then he goes, 
I like the, I, were the, were the terrorists Syrians? Libyans. Libyans, that's yeah. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. right. The Libyans. Ah, the Libyans. <laughs> what? And- what? The Libyans. <laughs> I don't know how, but they found us. Well, where are they going to look? Anyway, right. so and then, they have that VW van. Yeah, yeah, they have a gets out of it with the with a giant rocket uh, launcher. Yeah, he's got like a yeah. weird Bruce Coburn lock, rocket launcher. Sure. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> 1985. Why? I mean, that scene is so fantastical too. When the the DeLorean is backed out with that like dry ice oh, fog God. coming out, <laughs> and it's like shot like Close Encounters kind of a thing. Yeah, just so brilliant. And the tire tracks, like, how did they? I mean, that's so great. What? You know, when the, the, the DeLorean travels through time, oh, they the have that fire? remote and then the, the, yeah. Yeah, the it's fire like tire slow tracks. burn. I, I, I know what chemical it is, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> like specific pyrotechnics to keep it burning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, so now he's, he's, he, he's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. He's in a, he's in a field. He's yes. got a push. By the way, the DeLorean, not a light vehicle. Not a light. Not car a one at person. All. Not a one. No, I mean it's stainless pushing. steel. Yeah, it's I mean, made Doc out of steel. Doc even makes reference to that stainless yeah. steel construction makes the flux dispersal, but then he never finishes it because <laughs> the DeLorean comes back. And yep. it took me so many times as a kid to understand the skipping over the minute thing. Oh, because I just couldn't understand it as a kid. My, I just remember being like, "But why is his?" Because I don't. It just took me a really long time to well, grasp. I don't even, on, what do you? What What happened? Because Doc puts Einstein in the car. And the, the, he has those like little hand time. I don't even yeah. remember what those Stop are called. No, stopwatch. Thank you. Uh, and they're set to the same time, mm-hmm. which then is like making reference, like he's messing around with his clocks at the beginning. They're, yep. all, they're all 15 minutes slow. <laughs> um, then he puts it on Einstein. He sets the time travel thing and Einstein goes to the future. Right. They have to catch up to him. So okay. they experience that minute. However, his he Dog does, not, does not because he jumps in time. A okay, minute, okay, three minutes or a minute or whatever. yeah, yeah. So his clock is oh, I get it behind. I believe his his, his his clock didn't didn't experience didn't experience that, time. that minute. It was but just the a couple clock of seconds. Self was going, but he didn't live the time. Wait, <laughs> did there the two stopwatches? Are they even? They're even to begin with, but then but they then are not. He gets then when he opens it up and he takes them out. It's like it's got a minute. One Disparity. is a minute behind, yeah. but I can't remember which one because, again, hard for me to grasp this concept because <laughs> it doesn't actually exist. Right. So it's hard for me as a human. I to would put... say the dog has not experienced the minute. Oh, the yeah, the dog jumped. didn't experience right. it all we because we did. We spent right. the time with Doc and Marty, him explaining how it happened. How it all works. Yeah, and then yeah. the car just. Yeah. yeah. So, and then and then he shows up. He's in the, the field. Yeah, he shows And then he, he tries to get a because he's out of gas and uh at the in the the fight that Doc is about to get into the car, and that's when the Libyans show up, and he had forgotten to put any extra plutonium in oh, the right. DeLorean. One pellet, one trip. Mm-hmm. I must be out of my mind. Uh, he forgets <laughs> to put it in, so Marty doesn't have any. Marty doesn't trying to backup. save himself is is like, let's see if these suckers can do ninety. That's why he time travels because he hits the thing when he's shifting years. Yeah, and then he tries to go ninety and he hits eighty eight, and then he travels back to nineteen fifty five because right. the last date they were talking about. Is Doc remembering that November fifth, nineteen fifty five, is when he invented time travel because he slipped on his toilet, hanging a clock. That's right. Yeah, right. The clocks—they're—they're they're all over. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. And so, so yeah. And then, and then I drew this. Yeah, is what I drew he, this. That's yeah. a great scene too. When he's he get, finally gets to Doc's house, mm-hmm. and then he he um is reading, trying to read his mind with his, his invention. Oh, right, right. And he's actually, the... somebody, I was reading somebody's uh, interpretation that they think it actually is working because he's like, you've traveled a great distance. And Marty's <laughs> like, yes, yes, I have. And he's like, you are trying to sell me a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post. And uh, he actually, you know, they use like a newspaper clipping yep. to, to predict the lightning bolt. So like he actually, his invention is kind of working. Okay. But he does, it, it's not perfect. So he's like, this this damn thing doesn't work at all. Right, uh, right. And then he's like trying to, he's like, oh, who's president in 1985? And he's like, <laughs> Ronald Reagan. The uh-huh. actor? And then he, they go through that whole thing where he's like running with a bunch of plans. Right. And, uh, you know, he's like, I'm, I suppose Jane Wyman is the first, first lady. lady. Yeah. Jack right. Benny is the secretary. <laughs> so great. That was where I got my idea of, of, of a TV show I wanted to do on Comedy Central where Jimmy Pardo would be the president. Mm-hmm. And then he would, um, 
And he, he would fill his cabinet with comedians. Oh, that'd be great. And it would just be a little sketch, sketch show. Yeah, little just sketch. a little presidential sketch. Presidential comedic sketch show. Yeah. Cause that's how I fix the world by yeah. putting comics in charge. Comics in charge. Com- <laughs> that's what it could be <laughs> that's called. That's what it oh, could be called. My God. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah. So I like, okay. So we go through this, the enchantment under, what did you really learn from the movie? I mean, I know that it was the first thing you saw, but did mm-hmm. it, was it life changing? Did it, did it, I think it was life changing for, and I've been trying to sort of parse it out. I think that as a kid whose parents were divorced, mm-hmm. my parents were divorced before I could remember. Okay. Like I never experienced my parents. So it's clearly your fault. Totally my <laughs> fault. 100%. Right. Um, that I think that I latched onto this movie because I thought, there might be a chance that I could change things, you know, like I, I might get okay. to do this, you know, like seeing a kid make things better for his parents yeah. was something that totally struck me yeah. because like, I thought I didn't know. Cause when you're a kid, everybody's parents are together. Right. You're like, well, there's something right. You know, I never really was like, Oh, they need to get back together. But I think, Somewhere inside, I felt that way, just because right. that's the norm. That's like right. the that, typical thing that you see. Right, that's being shown on television. Yeah, for that, sure. That there are two parents. Yeah, and, uh, this why. is how it goes. Right, <laughs> and you're like, well, how? And and then when you're a kid, you're like, well, maybe I could yeah. fix it. Or, I mean, you have, uh, you know, uh, the parent trap, all that stuff of like yep. getting them back together, everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one thing that I immediately, and then just Marty McFly is just super cool. He plays guitar. Right. He is a skateboarder. Right. Uh, and he has like a hot girlfriend. Mm-hmm. All three mm-hmm. things that I wanted to do. You right. know, like <laughs> immediately. All, right. You're like, I want all <laughs> I of that. I want all of this. Right. I wanted to be able to skateboard. I never wanted to play the guitar. Yeah. It seemed like uh, it would hurt my fingers. It does hurt your fingers. Right. <laughs> do you play <laughs> it the guitar? Absolutely does. I haven't played in a really long time, but I can play the guitar. And you remember it hurting your fingers. It does hurt your fingers when you're starting. And then right. you build up blisters on your fingers. And right. It and bother calluses you. and yep. that's fine. Oh, that's right. what I mean. Calluses, not blisters. That Right, would blisters be would be really super painful. painful. <laughs> That's what I meant. It's just a constant blister. <laughs> and then you bleed. You, you bleed it, all you over it. pops all the time. It's and like it's a stigmata. Really yeah. And uh, <laughs> you have a, a Christ-like moment. Yeah. But so um that's interesting because – and then – because I remember him going – and what I did think was interesting – the only discord I thought in that movie, because I, I thoroughly enjoyed that yeah. film, was when he wrote, when he ends up doing the song that, not Jerry Lee Lewis, but, uh, um, uh, Mar- uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. He's like, mm-hmm. he, it's his cousin and he calls him mm-hmm. up. He's like, listen to this. And yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm writing that. Right. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. Where did he hear me do that? And why is that white guy going to be able to take credit for this? Cause yeah. that's disappointing to me. Yeah. That it was- is disappointing. It's a little bit whitewashing. I mean, it's fun. Right. You know, if you, it is fun. If you disassociate yourself from, again, the race relations and all of that stuff and, and just, which I mean, is sometimes hard. It is hard. Yeah. Right, and then you, you think like, a, oh, a white guy? Yeah. But like, that, come on. It feel, it felt disappointing is what it, it is. felt. And actually the discord that I have with this movie as an adult now is the fact that there's like a rape scene involved in it, like oh, a right. sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's really, it's pretty bad, you know, right. and, and jo- George, <clears throat> George saves, yeah. uh, his, which, hey, she can be in peril, but it's a little intense. You know, it's like kind of a kid's movie. It's for, it's, you it's know, it's when PG 13, right? It was yeah, when PG 13 right didn't matter. Right. Right. Because if you ever saw 16 Candles. Yes. There is, uh, I forgot. I was showing it to yeah, those kids that I, yes. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You as a budding child might yeah. have realized that there's noodly boobs. Oh yeah. There's noodly boobs of the blonde chick in the, in the locker room. Yeah. And it was just PG at the time. And, and then later on she's passed out and is like basically given away. Right. You right. Know, it was just like, like no, you a can play have, thing or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, you can, you can take her. Just do whatever you want. Like, right. what? <laughs> this right. is not cool at all. But PG, thir- but PG meant that you could show topless. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah, the, the, the whole Porky's. <laughs> I don't know if you, I remember when Porky's came out because I was essential. Oh, that's it was unfortunate. It a long ass time ago. And I, I was like, this is what it is? Okay. Ugh, no it's so gross. Yeah. And I remember even seeing the ad for it and going, Oh, that's not for me. <laughs> I know I'm 18, but they didn't make this for me at all. I'm going to. I thought it was going to be fun like Revenge of the Nerds, which also involves is some barely unfortunate made for sexual right. <laughs> assault in that movie as well. But right. uh, I mean, the 80s are a really weird time for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in, in very adult movies, like I went back and watched um, Death Wish. 
Oh. And there is Charles like, Bronson? Yeah. The first one, because I went to see the movie The Brave One, starring Jodie Foster, which is basically a remake of Death Wish. Oh, where is it? she is the Bronson character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty much, I mean, she's great in it. Mm-hmm. She's great in basically everything she does. Right, right. Turns um, out she's a really good actor. Turns out she's really good, because you know, they give Oscars to straight people for playing gay <laughs> all the time and say they're so brave. Oh. But I say that Jodie Foster is so brave for playing straight all these years. <laughs> exactly. Because she She's... really has been. <laughs> Just right. playing it straight Just for playing a long straight, ass time. Making out with fellas, Just falling out in with love. Dudes. Not always believable, but hey, she's been doing it her whole life. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I went back and watched Death Wish because I was going to see that movie and I wanted to have that historical context of it. And oh my god, the like sexual assault that is depicted in that movie, yeah, which might be seventies, I can't remember exactly, but that sort of bleed over from late seventies to eighties, where sexual assault on women mm-hmm. is just par for the course. Well, you know, I just I I read a um a science fiction uh, series that uh, was time travel and um, written by this woman, Cage Baker from San Luis Obispo. She was from here, I believe she moved up to San Luis Obispo. Too much info. Here's the thing. Uh, Cage Baker with a K. Cage, Cage. Cool. She, um, as we go into the future, she is so clearly angry at sort of the whitewashing that is happening. She's like, yes, yes, there was sexual abuse in a lot of the movies. A lot of the movies are terrible. A lot of the movies depict things as normal that are not normal. But, uh, that's what the movie was. So you're going to have to, she's like, as, as we go more and more into the future, they, they start, fixing the movies uh-huh. like, like their teeth like it? colorization yeah where they get rid of all the smoking mm-hmm. they get mm-hmm. rid of all the drinking and they get rid of all the all, all inappropriate sexual activity yeah and uh she's like and it's depicted in this company series as <laughs> clearly people have lost their minds right. it is a movie you should sure you want to notice that that is not cool that's fine yes but Please let the movie just be the movie. It just has to Casablanca, stay. right? Nazis are bad guys. It's the way it goes. It's, yeah. You can't fix Nazis, right? Historically, they were. This is what they were doing. That's so. an interesting take on time travel. That you're time traveling, and then also time traveling by going back and fixing movies and changing, changing the past, and then which then affects the future, right? Of like what you're seeing, because then you're. Getting rid of so much. It's her time travel. You might actually, that's right. You might actually like this series. I probably dig it. It sounds pretty good. It's pretty great. And, um, the writing is excellent. The historical context. It's the first book takes place in, um, in, in Spain during the Inquisition Mm -hmm. and, um, Queen Elizabeth times, I think. Okay. That's what they're called. Sure. uh, Technically Queen Elizabeth times. Yeah. And Queenie uh, times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, ease up there. Yeah. And, um, but it goes forward up till, and at one point they're going back in time and they're in 1997 and they, they don't go back and, and essentially it's TCM. It's just, it's, it's essentially colorization. They don't go back in time and change the movies. Mm-hmm. They go back, they, they change the movies as we go forward. So like in the 2020s, they're like, Oh, it's not okay that people smoke. It's not okay that people do anything. You can't hug your kids in public. Uh, so we're going to fix them. They, they essentially, retcon the whole thing sure they just they just whitewash the 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 deal but in in one of the books they go back in time because they're in 2050 or something like that and they go back in time to 1997 and they go into a grocery store and they're like oh my god we could buy anything (laughs) chocolate booze meat yeah (laughs) this is happening right and they and they lose their minds and it's just they do six grocery carts to take to put into their time machine and uh, which is a a yacht oh that's awesome uh, yeah and so yeah i think you would really like it yeah it sounds like i would super dig it i love time travel okay yeah i have i usually have a hard time with time travel so it's interesting to me that back to the future built that set 1955 set first yeah that's a that's a really good idea it's a super good idea i just love that like actually going through the time that way. Yeah. You know, like having it set up and then aging it appropriately, I guess. It's Because it's kind of like taking the people. It's like the reverse of the people. Yeah. Because they're old at first and then they're young again. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I would say this now. I think that we have spent the correct amount of time discussing the great first film. The great first film. Let's spend the last 10 minutes discussing the last two. Sounds good. Talk to me briefly about why those are rewatchable. The second one specifically. Is that in the future or is that the the western? That's the future one. Three is the western one. 
which is basically the reason I do like three is because they gave an entire movie to Christopher Lloyd, which I thought was <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they, he spent all this time playing this crazy guy. It's adorable that they gave him a whole movie, which trivia. Sorry to jump ahead to the yeah. third one, but um, sorry to time travel ahead to the first one <laughs> it, it or the third one. It is actually the first on-screen kiss that Christopher Lloyd had had. Really? Yes. He had not gotten to make out with anybody he in his had long no career. Kiss on Cheers, none on Taxi, nothing. Huh? And any of the he, Adams family, I think. <laughs> it was maybe the Adams family. I, he was uh, Uncle Fester in the Adams family. What? Yeah. I don't, don't believe recall I that. I do not recall. I kind that. of forgot about it too, and mm-hmm. it was on Netflix, and I was like, I'm going to watch this weird movie. Actually, mm-hmm. very funny. Pretty the TV good. Show? Yeah. The, no, the movie. Oh, the Adams Family movie. With Raul Julia and Angelica Houston. And, oh, um, oh, let me tell you something about that. Oh, movie. God, who plays Wednesday? What's her name? She's in everything. God, I can't think of her name now. Zoe Deschanel. No. No, I have no idea. The, uh, the 1990s version of Zoe Deschanel. God, yes. She, I mean, she was in... God damn it. I can't believe I can't think of her Someone's name. yelling at the Every, Everybody's right going to be yelling at me right now. That's I, fine. I totally understand. At Rhea Butcher uh, on Twitter. Yeah, please yell at me. Please about, yell at you. It'll come to me at the very end, and I'll just yell it out, and then it'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> But uh, the reason I like two is because two was actually their first script for it was they were going to go back to the 60s when George and uh, Lorraine were in college and they were going to be like flower children and they just couldn't make it work. That's weary. It's very weary and and it it would be bad to go back, you know, again immediately. So the brilliance of two is that they somehow figured out a way. I love those words. To give you... (laughs) The movie you already loved again from a slightly different perspective. Right, because now they're double a double. Yes. And I believe it was Carl Sagan who said, this is the best time travel movie that's ever been made. Two. Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 2. I believe it was Carl Sagan that said that it was the best time travel movie he's seen because it is not just like a one-to-one. You know, in the first one, we have 1985 Prime, Marty Prime, who goes back right. to 1955. So then you have 1955 Prime, which is unaffected and led to the first 1985. Then you have the one that he goes back. Then he makes a new 1985, from right. which he then travels to the future. So right. then in the second one, he travels to the future, which has been affected by Doc going there. So that future, right. there was a future that we've never seen. Then we don't see the one that, you know, we don't see the one that Doc goes to. Then Doc finds out this information, comes back to that new 1985, tells Marty that he has he and Jennifer have to go to the future. So they go to a slightly affected, slightly different <laughs> 2015, which all of your memes are incorrect, by the way. If Everyone's you ever get memes. that meme that says, this is the day that Doc... Tra- no. Yeah. Nobody knows what day Doc traveled to in the future from the first one. No one knows. He never says. He Make just a says, note. He just says 30 years in the future. Marty, however, travels to October 21st, 2015. So until that day, your meme is incorrect. <laughs> because they went back the day before the crime happens that they need to stop Marty McFly Jr. from participating in and ruining his life and everyone around him. Right. So, but back to the timelines. Then in the second one, they go to 2015. Biff gets the almanac. He goes back to 1955. And he goes back to a period that's already been affected. Mm-hmm. So he goes back after Marty has been there. Right. Because Biff is getting his car fixed. Right. So if he wasn't getting his car fixed, then it would have been the original 1955. Right. Or a different timeline. But he goes back, affects the future. Then they go back to 1985 from 2015 thinking everything is fine. They go back to a third 1985. Wow. So this is why, because I've only gone that far into it. Right. That it's a fantastic time travel movie because it sets up. A bunch of different timelines. Like six different possible pasts, futures, and presents. Right. Weird. And so you get to see Biff's Biff's vision of 1985, which is just gambling and toxic waste and (laughs) everybody being murdered. And it's horrible. Right. Plastic surgery. It mattered. Oh, so realistic. (laughs) Very Um, realistic. So it mattered to that starfish. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a lot of, um, it was so busy. And I think that, that the only way to like it would be to watch it a hundred times. It, it is. And I think that, um, like when I, wa- I was so excited for it when I was a kid, like so excited for two to come out. Cause I got to see it in the theater. Right. I was old enough for it. Um, and what's, what's your favorite scene in that one? Well, in the second one, 
I think that as an adult, one of my favorite scenes is Biff and Marty talking to each other in the casino because it's imbibed with a lot of pop culture, but then also just like it's a duel, you know, it's like a talking duel, Mm -hmm. which there wasn't that much gravitas in the first one, (laughs) you know, and it's nice to see those two guys get to act with each other. Yeah. Um, and then it's very goofy. I like Marty showing up, you know, Doc being like, buy something inconspicuous for clothes. And then he shows up with like a black fedora and a leather jacket because <laughs> he gets to experience 1955 again. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's like, everybody's keeps saying there's something else very familiar about all this. <laughs> but my least favorite part of that movie is that they had to give Marty this stupid chicken complex, this dumb thing that right. comes out of nowhere that right. they feel that they had to put it in there for the plot to move forward. And like, it just, it's very clunky and mm-hmm. it's always felt very clunky because he is such a nice guy in the first yeah. one. He's such a like, he's not a perfect kid. Right. But he's, he's but like he's kind of poor, but he's like normal. He's mm-hmm. like, he's not like, he doesn't fight anybody. He's just protects people. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. He's so spends it feels most... weird for the, him to then be like, nobody calls me chicken. Like right. what? Why? When, that, when that all did of a sudden come, did you? That did come out of. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, what are the lines? I don't even remember the duel in the in the casino. What are the lines in that one? Do well, he shows up and Biff is. Uh, is this twenty fifteen? This is nineteen. This is the in tangential nineteen eighty five where Biff, Biff is the winner. It's been affected by the almanac, so he goes to talk to Biff because he knows he has the almanac. So Biff is like, because he shows up. Biff is in a hot tub with a bunch of women watching. Um, of course he is. He's watching whichever. Clint Eastwood movie then affects the third one, which is great because then Marty sees the bulletproof vest gag. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he does might the, be the good, bad, and the ugly, or yes. it might be the town one. The, like, anyway, stove front. Yeah, it's the so town he sees one. that, and then it shows up later in the third one, which is great. Planting mm-hmm. that from movie to movie, which is cute. Uh, and then he says, "Gray Sports Almanac." So then Biff gets out of the hot tub because he knows it's serious. Then they're just—I I can't remember the actual like a ton of the conversation, but Biff is like, uh. This crazy old codger with a cane shows up, tells me he's my distant relative. I don't see any resemblance, which is hilarious because it's him. (laughs) And I I, I love that Biff is dumb until he's in 2015. Like Biff in 2015 is smart. Right. He's finally lived enough everything. And he's been beaten down enough because he like changed. It's also a little discordant because in the end of the end of the first one, Biff is like, nice. Yeah. Because he comes in with the books and he's like, look, Marty, look, George, you know, your book finally arrived. All right. Look, whatever. And, uh, but then in the second one, they sort of reverse that mm-hmm. and, and they show him outside of that scene and he's actually angry about it. Right. He's not happy. So right. then when they go to the future, he's not happy. His grandson, Griff, has a couple Griff. wires, not whatever, <laughs> in his brain implants or something. I didn't remember Griff. Yeah. Griff is great. Um, mm-hmm. he was supposed to have a different name, but anyway, he, his bat is like, Ken Griffey the third or something like that. Okay. Like, I love all those little tiny things. Oh, his, his hoverboard was supposed to be called the mad dog, mm-hmm. which is what, um, oh my God. Now I can't think of his name. Mad dog Tannen in the third one. Okay. His nickname, mad dog oh, Tannen right, because right. he just goes crazy, which I love Thomas F. Wilson in the third one. He's like the best part of it. Okay. His like cowboy that he oh, does. The cow- the yeah. Real jangly cowboy that he does is <laughs> he's filthy. He has that great facial hair. Yeah. Uh, which I met him. Oh, you got to, cause he does stand up. Yeah. And he did our show. Mm-hmm. Cameron like surprised me that he was going to be on it and then had me like interview him. And I was trying to be cool cause you know what you're like you trying to be, be a jerk. Not just, at all. And yeah. I know he doesn't like talking about the movie because I'm a big enough fan to know you Have don't to. talk to him about the movie. Right. You talk to him about him. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. And uh so I was like playing it super cool. But then he did his set and he does lines from the movie. He does lines from set. the movie in his set. He does other people's lines. But he also does some of his lines. Right. And I was watching on the side of the stage just having like the craziest reaction. Because <laughs> like to hear that person that you've yeah. seen. And then I was like as close as we are interviewing mm-hmm. him. And I like, couldn't hear what he was saying. Right. Cause I just was like, could have been I anything. I've looked at your face my entire life. And I think you're so great. I didn't say any of this. Any but of I just said it. You end, want I was to like, say it. I'm a huge fan of all your stuff. I right. just love it. And thank you so much for talking. And to that's me. all anybody wants to hear. Yes. And like the woman I met, I got to meet the woman who played the secretary on moonlighting. Oh yeah. Who, who was that? Uh, whose name I've forgotten. Sure. And, uh, 
Yep. Look it up. Sorry. Send it to me. I feel anyway. like it would be Annie Potts. It's not Annie Potts. It's not but Annie Potts, but she's tall and she was just at a stand up show and she was friends with the guys who were running it. And so she was doing a sketch with one of the guys who was running it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at her. I was like, Oh my God, that's the woman. And I loved moonlighting. Yeah. And uh, I love moonlighting a, it was too. a super fun show. Great and show. she was very hilarious. And, um, and she went out with Booger. Essentially, that was her boyfriend. Uh, on the, the guy show who played or in Booger. real life? In, 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 on the show. Oh, okay. And his name wasn't Booger, but he was called Booger, I think. He was in like a right TV up the show. street from me. Oh, does he? Yeah. And, um, so when I came up to her, I was like, can I? How weird is this that I, that I would like a photo with you? And she was, was she like, into it? Totally. She was like, she was like great. No, I appreciate it. And I yeah. said, okay, good. And I, and I tried to keep it sane. Sure. Yeah. You and just keep it chill. Cause like you have to keep in mind, like they're people. You're, you're not the first person that day or ever that said that same thing. <laughs> right. You know, like, and it is annoying to hear the same thing from people over and over, you know, like, right. Hey, butthead. Like I would get so sick of hearing that if that yeah. was what somebody said oh, to me every time every they talked day. to me. Yeah. And I totally get it. I yeah. totally understand why he's not into it. Yeah. Uh, and even somebody asked him in the green room and I should have been like, uh, go get away. Stop, this guy stop. was like, I'd like to protect hey, you. Do you want to come do back to the future? But, and he was so gracious about it. Aww. The guy wouldn't stop. And he was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. And, and I was like, good for you. He was yeah. like, Leah is very into this stuff. And Claudia that played the original Jennifer. Okay. He was like, reach out to them. They'll likely do it, but I don't do this stuff. Right. Right. Like, he's hey, trying, he's, yeah, he's you, somewhat trying to move on with his life and also knowing that he sort of has to do it if he wants the money. Sure. Right. Yeah. So he's got that. I mean, it's, it's, it's his own diet. You know, it's his yep. own time travel issue, man. Yeah, man. He's always yeah. going back to 1984 <laughs> whenever they filmed it. Right. And so we're at an hour. Let's yes. talk. Um, you would recommend people see this film. Absolutely. All three. All three. All I three. mean, three back is to hard. Back to back. Three is hard, but I love watching them back to back to back because then, you see those like reward, those payoffs, setups and payoffs. Okay. So it's so much easier because you're like, you just saw, you know, the skateboard scene and then you see like every time they do it in each one, mm-hmm. it's just so great, you know, and then the lines repeat and then there's something very familiar about all this. It's just so <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. I love it. I highly recommend, and especially if you can get your hands on the D- the 25th anniversary Blu-rays, Yeah, they have really great special features with... You know, like the storyboarding and great commentary with there's uh, good commentary, great commentary, great setups and payoffs. So many great special features in it that I highly recommend it. Well, we have serious. Oh no, it'll- you should come with something else. And I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. No, nope, I got it. I mean, I could do that. I could talk about these for probably two more hours. Right, we got two more hours because we mostly talked about the first one. We really just talked about the first one. There'll be another day, Rhea Butcher. Yeah, there will be, ladies and gentlemen. Rhea Butcher on Twitter, on Instagram, on the internet. Uh, live talking out of her joke hole doing stand-up comedy plus um put your hands together and wham bam pow what is it uh on max fun and on max fun yeah. so uh i'm jackie cation you're listening to the dork forest uh be good to each other out there take care bye my hat my hat my hat they're dancing around my hat <laughs> my hat my hat my hat well what do you think of that if it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?